Welcome back to the United Pubcast. We are currently sitting in the pub at Scruffy Murphy's in Sydney. However, Larry, with this breeze coming through the pub window, a little bit reminiscent of Manchester. It, uh, it feels like Manchester. Um, I can feel things shrinking as we speak. That's good to know. Obviously, this is an audio-only podcast, so you're not, um, you don't have the pleasure of seeing Larry in the flesh. But um, it is quite breezy. But um, I think that adds to any type of football chat. I think football in Australia is a winter sport. It's obviously overseas all year round, but um, we're Manchester United fans, so um, yeah, football, cold, that's part of it. I mean, yeah, if I was in my football boots and my socks and my shin pads. Shin pads, do players still wear shin pads? I, I'm almost starting to wonder, given how low Luke Shaw and Jack Grealish wear their socks. I went through a phase once where so I, did, I didn't wear them at that stage. I, I never had the confidence or stupidity to wear them sort of that low. But I went through a phase where I didn't sort of like the socks too high. But um, Luke Shaw, not so much Luke Shaw, I think he doesn't, maybe he can't get the socks up, up, up his calves, just yeah. in terms of sometimes his body build halfway through his the season. But, but Jack Grealish is simply a choice. Jack Grealish chooses to be Argentinian with his socks. So, um, Do you think he's wearing shin pads or not? He's wearing shin pads, but he's wearing the shin pads that he wore in under-15s, under-16s, which a lot of players do. Is I, that a thing? I, I, had, I had the same shin pads from under... 18, well, not under 16s, under 18s to when but I stopped I, playing. If I clip him on the shin, if I clip Jack Grealish on the shin, he's going to feel it because those shin pads well, are no, covering it, it, It's a target. If you choose to wear your socks low, you have a, the opposition has a green light to go through. I, I agree, absolutely. Yeah. What have you made of uh, Jack Grealish's behaviour post-treble? Uh, personally, I, I thought I'm all for players having a good time. I thought it's been embarrassing. I have nothing wrong with Jack Grealish having a drink or enjoying himself. I think a lot of it is an act. I think Jack Grealish walking around pretending to be drunk a lot of the time. I think he's drunk. Oh, no, no, no. He's obviously had a few, but he's playing up the cameras. He knows the perception around him. Um, he knows what he's saying. He's coherent. He, he's not pissed or he doesn't know what he's talking about. He, he obviously is conducting one or two interviews. So he knows what's going on. A little bit is an act. Uh, no doubt about but that. He's a grown man. Like, doesn't he have a responsibility to be like, hey, man, like, it's actually not that amusing? Yeah, no. Uh, what's amusing uh, about him appearing to be completely drunk no, yeah uh, I, I, look I, I agree to a large extent but um, it's one of those things he's just won a treble he's younger he, he's got 100 he's 27 years old yeah, but he's got 100,000 pounds or 200,000 pounds a week in the bank in the bank a week I just think he doesn't have to care about sort of what's the right thing to do it, it's not about money it's about perception I, I still think players don't like this and I know this is a it's a topic that splits people but you are a role model, whether you want to be or not. You are a role model. There are young kids who look up and want to be the next. I, I think it's not—it's not so much Jack Grealish and his behaviour. It's the way the media's reported it. That's the issue. No, I, I blame his behaviour, like the, him being topless on the. If that was Rodri, if that was Gundogan, if that was Nathan Aki, would they be reported the same as Jack Grealish? Jack Grealish has history. You're right. I still think it would be reported on there. If, if two players need to hold you up because you're intoxicated... But it's glamorised because Jack Grealish would be criticised if it was Nathan Aki. I think, it, I think it'd be... Yeah, but I think Jack Grealish... I haven't seen the media be critical of him. That's the thing. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's glamorised. Yeah. They're, they're, they're celebrating it. But it, it shouldn't be But, but that's, that's, that's not Jack Grealish. That's the way it's been reported. Because if that was Marcus Rashford, I guarantee he'd be criticised. Raheem Sterling or any, Raheem Sterling. Point, any black footballer in terms of the way the English black football, Yeah, absolutely. Black footballers have it in for him. Um, I'm trying to think, is there a, is there a white player? Well, it was, it was ce- if celebrated. it was David Beckham, it, it wouldn't be glamorised. It was celebrated with George Best, Paul Gascoigne. Now, unfortunately, he's got to stage now with Gascoigne. It's worrying yeah, when you're watching it. No, no, it's unfortunate. He's going to unfortunately pay the ultimate price, which yeah. George Best did as well. Now, fingers crossed that doesn't happen with Jack Grealish. Is, is Gascoigne ill? I haven't... 
I haven't kept up with this. Yeah, no, uh, Paul Gascoigne is in a very bad way um, for the last since he stopped playing. Uh, but now there's always sort of footage coming out. Yeah, last every time of you see footage of him, like your heart breaks. It's yeah. it's it's awful to see because he's just. It's not funny. Like I, I watch him and I'm like, he's so drunk all the time. He just has. Like, it tells you he must be really sad inside, and he's addicted, and he needs help. Yeah, no, definitely. And look, we sometimes poke fun. Um, in regards to the pub aspect of this United podcast, but we obviously do. If anyone is sort of does have any type of issues or problems, or yeah, do seek help because we do football and drinking. They sort of they do sort of coincide in regards to there is a culture around football and drinking. But like anything, it definitely does have to be in moderation and definitely not accusing Jack Grealish of going over the top sort of thing. But in terms of that glamour, sort of the glamorising of it, I think it's. It's, it's worth a discussion. Look, I'm all for players having a good time. Get drunk. No issue. If people need to hold you up, and, and it's clear, like, it went on for days. He was clearly drinking for days. I just think, have a bit more pride. Haaland, who's the ultimate professional, doesn't drink, putting everything into his career. I'm not saying you have to be that level, but be somewhere in the middle. You're 27 years of old. You're 27 years of age. You're English. Young English kids are looking up to you. Take a sense of pride in that. Yeah. No, no. Look, it's a very interesting debate, and one I'd agree in parts of that as well. It's very interesting, but um, look, that's for Jack Grealish and Manchester City to deal with. When you have slurred speech on stage, it's at the point of embarrassing. That's right. Look at Jack Grealish, and look, maybe he was just off his head. I thought, I thought a lot of a lot of it was just sort of looked a little bit of an act. In my, in my opinion, maybe I'm a cynic. I thought he was playing up the cameras a little bit. I think he's a bad um, lad. His walking was fine. But look, that's for Jack Grealish and Manchester City. If that was a United player who acted like that, I'd be like, sell him. I don't want to see that. It's just, just me. Maybe well, that's a me problem. Well, speaking of selling, um, we started this podcast talking about drinking in Manchester City, but we did start this podcast with the idea of talking about Manchester United and selling and the issues we have around selling, whether that be players and Zidane Bell for a million pound or the Glazers for six billion pound. Manchester United have notoriously had a problem with selling whatever they choose to sell. And um, it is hurting the club, Larry, big time. We're going to have a sort of a little bit of a discussion about it. But I don't know where to start because do you want to start with the six billion pound purchase of the club or the one million pound prospect who's leaving? <laughs> Why don't we start with... So let's think of the year 2000 onwards. So let's think of all the players that United have sold. So let's go back to when we were actually successful. Because the counter-argument is, and I imagine if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, well, if United were successful, they'd sell players for more money. But that hasn't been the case. So if you actually go back, David Beckham, he signed for Real Madrid, world-class player. He sold for $25 million. Now, granted, it was a different time, but $25 million wasn't worth nothing back then. He should have gone for a lot more, given the calibre of player he was. Well, I agree. I'm just trying to cast my mind back to, to sort of paint a picture of what, what the era looked like financially. Well, uh, he should have been uh, a record transfer at that time. Yeah. Had United already signed Rio Ferdinand? Rio Ferdinand had one year at the club. Yes, he did. And how much did we buy Rio for? Thirty million. It's around thirty. And we let David Beckham go for twenty-five. But again, the con- yeah, anyway, I don't know the contract situation. Might have been in David Beckham's favour. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's interesting. And David Beckham's sort of the big. Um, sort of standout name of that era in regards to exit. Put it this way. Let's imagine that that was the year 2023. Someone with David Beckham's, not just the player, it's the package. Commercial advantages, marketing, etc. How much would a player like David Beckham go with one year left on his contract? Not less than £100 million. I guarantee it. 
He's a hundred million pound player now, no doubt. Look. Absolutely. So why were United letting him go for twenty five yeah. million back then? But how much has the landscape changed? Not just financially, but just in regards to business, brand, etc. There's no bigger brand than David Beckham at the time. No. In terms of There's not many bigger brands now. Well true, but but what, what influence would that have oh, had? Massive. No, no, but back then. Like now now we look at social media followers, we look at TikTok, yeah. Instagram, we look at image rights and everything. Then I'm sure it was a thing, but there was no social media. Well, so so what influence did David Beckham's brand really have in a value? I still think it would have been massive because uh, so if you look at um, now people do online shopping more. But back then, you walk into the store, you're buying David Beckham perfume, David Beckham shirts, etc. I think you, you see that, you'd still see that volume, you'll just see that volume in other metrics. And you'd see it in shirt sales and perfumes and whatever else. Like, sure, maybe you don't see it in likes or tweets or retweets, but yeah, nonetheless, I still think he would have still, still had the traction. So I don't think that debate would apply here. Well, the next name off the rank is almost the opposite and sort of flies in the face of this discussion in terms of we're talking about a trouble of selling players. One, one player in terms of number sevens and Real Madrid's, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. We didn't have a problem selling him. And that was the one, one, the one purchase or the one transfer, I should say, that Manchester United, whether we got right or wrong, maybe we could have sold him for double the... F- Actually, in saying that, did we sell Cristiano Ronaldo on the cheap? In regards to, yes, it is the one purchase, a world record transfer, so obviously not. But in regards to the, what Manchester United could have done, £80 million, pounds, yes, world record transfer, but looking back now, he should have gone for £180 million considering what he went on to achieve at Real Madrid. So looking back now, one at the time, but also now with hindsight, did we do the right thing in, term, in terms of the way we sold Cristiano Ronaldo? I think at the time, yes, we did. No one could have foreseen him to go on and achieve the things he did. So I think it was an unreal bit of business by United. United couldn't say no to it. The player wanted to go. That amount of money on the table, you have to say yes. But in hindsight, you look at that deal and think, well, it's actually, it's, it's almost like Zidane Iqbal going for a million. Zidane Iqbal should go for 10 or 12 million. Ronaldo went for 80. He really should have gone for 180. Yeah, look, anyone who, and, and I've seen it, um, I've seen it on other YouTube channels or whatever, where people say, oh, you know, United should have sold Ronaldo for more. It's great to say in hindsight, to be honest. Because um, the thing is, if you actually look at the players who were getting sold around the same time, no one was even getting sold for sixty million back then. So for United to secure eighty million, it was a phenomenal bit of business. Oh yeah, no, you definitely couldn't say no. I, I still remember, and I stand by my opinion the at the time right, yeah. in terms of oh, we've got some uh, visitors. But my time sort of spawned United then. When eighty, oh, I loved Cristiano Ronaldo, my favourite player sort of the, at the time. Maybe Rooney, Ronaldo, I'm not sure. But um, you couldn't say no to it. But my my saving grace that the reason I was content with him going to Real Madrid I was confident said I don't want him to go but he's just scored 42 goals this obviously the season um, before that in the 07-08 he just scored 42 goals won the Ballon d'Or won the Champions League won the Premier League whatever he does he won't achieve that again he, he won't have that season and it was like five or six seasons in a row he outdid that season every single season but did he do that because it was in La Liga if he stayed in the Premier League would he, would he have scored that many goals I yeah. think he would have scored a lot La Liga Premier League trophies, tro- trophies, numbers at the end of the day showed he outdid the numbers. If he stayed at United, do you think we've got more Premier Leagues or more Champions Leagues next to our name? I've never thought of that question. Uh, it was 2023. He left in 2009. I've never thought about that question. Let's have a look at it in terms of when did he leave? What was our first season without Cristiano Ronaldo? Nine, ten season. So we lost to Chelsea. That would have been the black, difference. the black V kit. Yeah. Okay, so we've got Michael Owen and Tony. No, that wasn't goal difference, was it? No, I don't know. Oh, sorry, we lost to Chelsea by a point. 
offside, offside goal. Uh, Drogba at Old Trafford. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, well, if Cristiano Ronaldo is Old Trafford, we win the league. No doubt. That's, that, that, that's four trophy, four Premier Leagues in a row. Yeah, I think we win at least another two games, if not more. That's oh, good. But would Rooney have become the player that Rooney was if yeah. Ronaldo had stayed? No, that, that's a, that's that a bad, no, no, yeah, Rooney definitely kicked on. That was one of the... I think I think you could have uh, both uh, of them thrive, though. I, I it was probably the positive of Ronaldo leaving was the, I wouldn't say birth of Wayne Rooney. He was, he's been around for five or six years before that. But the sort of re- rejuvenation of Wayne Rooney. Here's a question for you. In 2009, so forgetting what Ronaldo went on to achieve after that, but at in 2009, if someone said to you, you have to keep one of Ronaldo or Rooney, who would you... Would you keep? Rephrase that question for me, because I've heard. I just need a little bit more time to think about it to make sure I've got it one hundred percent clear. It's the year. It's June two thousand and nine. You're told you have to sell one of Ronaldo or Rooney. Wayne Rooney. You look what Ronaldo went and did. Yeah. Tell me, you're a big Wayne Rooney fan. The answer is you have to sell Wayne Rooney. Oh yeah, I mean, Rooney's Rooney went on to become my favorite United player, but if if Ronaldo stayed at United that whole time, I dare say that Rooney poster that you see behind my wall every time we record would have been a Ronaldo poster. So, yeah. Um, so all, all this said in hindsight, obviously we do cast our mind back and get the time, of course. So you couldn't say no, but at the time, selling Christian Ronaldo and to take into take into account everything in regards to the Glazers sort of distribution of those funds in terms of how much they took apparently a lot of reports suggest that that 80 million they took a big chunk of that like in terms of into their back pocket that, that didn't get re- well, we, we know it didn't get reinvested properly into the club yeah exactly but in terms of where does it rank in terms of a 10 out of 10 sale that was a great sale or a 1 out of 10 it was a shocking bit of business so in terms of where hindsight that if 80 million for Ronaldo that's a great question I think out of 10 You'd have to say a seven, and that's just because, again, I know it's hindsight, but when you look on what he went on to achieve, how much better he imp- he became as a player... Would it have mattered if it was a 10 out of 10 in terms of the Glazers' distribution of that transfer fee? Oh, I mean, of course not, but um, but if United happened to sell him for 120, 130 million at the time, uh, then you have to say, okay, well, that's a good bit of business. Because if you... What's the highest transfer as we currently sit here today? Two hundred million. It was, it's still Neymar to PSG, isn't it? Well, that, that's a very unique situation in regards to was that a real transfer fee or was that money in the back pocket of when we get into state ownership and in terms of someone buying out their own contract potentially rather than the money going to a from club to club, it was almost sort of Qatar. Is that what you think it is? Was PSG buying out Neymar's contract? Is that why the transfer fee was so? Yeah, high? Well, well, Qatar gave the money to Neymar, and Neymar then gave the money to Barcelona to buy his contract out. Is that how it worked? Well, Actually, well, I've no got my limited knowledge sitting in a pub in Sydney without the finances of um, Neymar's bank account. isn't it? Because in Spain, you have to have a buyout clause for any contract. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's why the trend... That it wasn't £100 million, it wasn't 120 It was a crazy figure, which you do hear, yeah. hear in these La Liga contracts. It was a £220 million contract. My understanding, now maybe someone correct me, um, I think Gavi at free. Barcelona just this week signed a new deal. Do you not know what his buyout clause is? Does it start with a B? Yeah. yeah it but, but that's and that starts a wider discussion in regards to the Saudi zone in Qatar, which Manchester United are going to enter that discussion in a little bit. But um, yeah, you go go back to that initial statement in regards to Neymar being the most expensive, two hundred million or just over two hundred million. I think Mbappe was next in hundred something, hundred sixty. Yeah, yeah, crazy bit, bit of money. But then there's that obviously that big drop. You're looking at now, you Jude Bellingham's. Um, is he up there now? Probably. In terms of add-ons, uh, in terms no, of add-ons potentially. Did Jude Bellingham go for more than Paul Pogba? 
less? Uh, I should be checking. Surely he went, he went for 80 million. Uh, I think he went for 80 million. Oh, pounds God, I was thinking. Had to, well, okay, let, let's say Jack Grealish, 100 million. Well, well, there's a big drop off from Neymar and Mbappe, which are involved in, let's say, state owned transfers in yeah. regards to Saudi Arabia, Qatar, etc. Um, compared to, let's say, more traditional football transfers. Yeah. Do United make a play for Mbappe? Well, the, the latest I've heard, and the latest I've heard, as I said, who, who might have sort of listened to anyone, but... Maybe that's why everything's quite around our transfer business. Maybe we're trying to stump up 200 million it, 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 it does look the latest from Mbappe, from his his quote, suggests he's staying at PSG for this season. Now, that doesn't mean the, the future. Doesn't mean shit. I remember Ronaldo saying that about a month before he signed for Real Madrid. But, but, yeah. yeah no, look, you're right. Uh, of course. I, I just don't see... We're, we're talking about which we'll get into Mason Greenwood. I'm sure we'll talk about his value in a little bit. All these other players. It's a hell of a question. But the way Eric Ten Hag, in terms of what I envisage him trying to achieve, it's distraction-free. Yeah. He's trying to get rid of these distractions. I think you bring in a Mason Greenwood, you bring in a Cristiano Ronaldo, you bring in a Kylian Mbappe. They're all good players. They're all distractions. And I think it, uh, Eric Ten Hag will sort of sacrifice a lesser player or a greater player for a lesser player in place of sort of getting rid of that distraction and I think that's what Eric Tenag is doing yeah I think that's a really valid point um, I mentioned this on the, on the Friday night point Tom I, I know we're kind of we're going back and forth we're putting in all the layers that come back to the prices of transfers but I feel like Ten Hag's been extremely let down now you can talk about the Glazers and the way they run the football club and that that point will always be relevant but in terms of the, the players, and, and again, I come back to the footballing department. If the Glazers wanted to be the worst owners or the best owners, regardless, if Qatar come in and the likes of John Murta and, and Darren Fletcher are the people leading United's footballing department, I'm sorry, then even I'll point fingers at Qatar. United need the best in class of everything. There's no reason why a football club our size with not just our size, because, I mean, you could argue Manchester City are a big club, and I still stand to the point that they're not. But United, with their marketing and global reach, they should have the best of everything. There's no reason for them not to. I didn't know who John Murtaugh was, and I probably won't know who the next football head of football should be, but I should be able to clearly quantify the impact of that person. And I'm looking at everything going on at United. There's nothing that John Murtaugh has done that I can say, yeah, brilliant. What do you do? Negotiate for Anthony, went back two months later and paid double. Moronic. No, you... You see that, and we'll get caught up on names. We've got John Murtor or the director of football from this this club, or Brighton or Sevilla, and we'll throw these names of good directors of football. But in terms of, you're right, it's nothing to do with the name, it's nothing to do with the personality, it's the results. And we see results from other, no, not on the pitch, in terms of the transfer market and the business being done and the, and the money being spent. The results suggest Manchester United is a different story Absolutely. compared to other clubs. Look at Leicester. If you look at the team that Leicester built to win the league, now again, hindsight, but they quietly built a team that was strong enough to, even after they won the league, now granted it was an anomaly, but they were still in around Europe for many years, Leicester. Uh, and they had, because they had strewed recruitment strategy, they brought in players that identified, if you actually look at um, N'Golo Kante, he was playing in France's third division, I think, wasn't he? I think Mar- Mares as well was quite, not, he, he wasn't known. But Kante was definitely lower leagues, but Mares was even just kicking around just an average player somewhere. 
But a good scouting network and a good footballing department will allow you to buy good players. Southampton, for a period of time, uh, were recruiting very shrewdly as well. But United have the ability where they've got the resources and the means to get the people in who are doing that. But on top of that, have the finances to pull off top transfers. But that's my frustration with United. They're not producing players who have a, a resale value. And then the players who you think have some level of value, that's going for chips. Okay, so you said Southampton. Southampton are not a Premier League club anymore. They did get relegated. Let's focus on a Premier League club, which is Manchester United. We have a not a Chelsea-sized squad. Chelsea sell on players, and they have no trouble selling players in Saudi Arabia. Maybe that's a discussion we can sort of tie into this. But Manchester United have a group of players on their books, which for us to move forward, we need to get rid of. Now, different people have different opinions on which players those are. Okay, this player can provide it to... Is it a value to the squad as a squad player? Or someone will say, no, this player definitely needs to go. That's up for personal interpretation. But the names, obviously, they sort of roll off the tongue. Harry Maguire, Fred, Scott McTominay, Anthony Martial. I'm sure there's a few others in there which I've forgotten about. There's always rumours around them, and it does look like if things get done proper, properly, they will leave the football club. Do things often get done properly at Manchester United? very likely not so there's a very real situation a lot of those players will stay at Manchester United simply because Man United can't sell players so back into the essence of this chat we can't sell players we have players who need selling talk to me about your latest feelings in regards to the current squad I'm really concerned um, it's the, the current squad in terms of their quality or in terms of getting sold and just the situation around them in terms of that, that, Harry Maguire the, the first one we're all sitting well, here mean, well, let's talk about what's a reasonable transfer fee like for those players right Harry Maguire, I've seen people say he should go for 30, 40 million. Good luck. I, I don't think that'll happen. I, I think if United want to sell him, I, I think 25 million. Snap your arm for that. Let's not forget, he's, uh, he's 30. I, I, I say that in regards to what we're seeing from Harry Maguire on the pitch. What I'm seeing from other transfers, though, and I understand he's on a wage. I understand that. That's what's killing United with all these players, the wage. Why do but, you... But, but the value of before... Which, which you're 100% right about the argument. Just the value, though. Just say it's a random transfer, Harry Maguire at the moment. No, not so much Maguire, what other players are going for, which will dictate the market. Harry Maguire goes for more than $30 million. He should, but he won't. Yeah, because of the wage, so continue. Because of the wage, because of his performances, and because he's not first choice. I think he made 16 appearances for United all season. This stat cannot be right, but I did hear it. And I heard it in commentary, so a commentator has said this. I it, think that is right. He, ca- he didn't play a lot. No, no. That, well, well, this will back this point up, that he appeared in more minutes for England this season than he did for Manchester United. That can't be true. That, that might be maybe Premier League minutes compared to maybe... Maybe uh, Premier League minutes. Ma- ma- maybe, maybe it is true. Not. Tom, how many games did he start all season? He plays, he plays every game for England, to be fair. There's so many international breaks. So. And he played a World Cup. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, maybe the World Cup is the caveat in this, maybe. Yeah, he... Did, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he started less than 10 games for United this season. I'm prepared to say that. Actually, the more I think about that, that's probably true. He played more for England this year than he did Man United, and that ultimately tells you the story of what is happening. But fundamentally, and this is a point that I didn't really give a lot of consideration to when we started recording this, why do United give players such ridiculous amount of wages? Because we can't buy them otherwise. But, okay, but United couldn't get Harry Maguire for less. If United offered Harry Maguire £100,000 per week, Hundred thousand pound per week instead of two hundred thousand. But, but, but it's not when it's not the Harry Maguire transfer. It's the transfer before him. It's the transfer before that where we where we sign a player. We sign that player for two hundred thousand pound a week. So when Harry Maguire sees that, we says, "Well, look, you just signed this player. 
So it's not so much the Maguire trade, it's the one before that, it's the one before that. It's a domino effect. If you look at Liverpool, their highest paid player is Mo Salah, would I be right in saying that? £250 a week. You'd have to say that. 250 k a week. But then Rashford is going to go for 375 Now, I think Rashford's maybe got a bit more to his game than Mo Salah does. Is Rashford 100000 per week better player than Mo Salah? In terms of his impact on the football team. Yeah, no, the impact, no. But Mo Salah scores more goals than Rashford. And he's done it for a more consistent period of time. But it's where we go back to it. And it throws into sort of, every, sort of every aspect of the club. But to Manchester United, he probably is worth hundred grand more. In, in well, terms of United can't afford to lose him. And that, that's essentially the problem. The cost of replacing Rashford is... Oh, no, 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 forget the football. I'm talking yeah. the brand, which is what a way it shouldn't be decided on. But in regards to the modern game yeah. at Manchester United, it is. Well, yeah, there is the brand, but it's everything. If you want to play off Rashford's profile... How much would you have to pay to get that player? Your transfer fee is going to be a minimum of 70, 80 million pounds anyway. Um, and someone who can score 20 plus goals a season. So th- that player doesn't exist. I can't think of any players like Rashford who are currently doing that in world football. Vinicius Jr., Kylian Mbappe, um, who else is there in that shape, that prototype of player? In terms of numbers this year, no one. Yeah. Um, but I'd say there's only those two players who are like-for-like in style. think Grealish is a wide player, but obviously a very different type of player than Rashford. I'd say Vinicius Jr. and Kylian Mbappe. Sadio Mane has had an inconsistent season for Bayern Munich, I think would be fair to say. So you're looking at those two players. United aren't signing either of those two players for less than £150 million. So it's cheaper to keep Rashford at 375 a week, isn't it? No, it is. And look, this all started, which you're right, but it also always sort of goes back to Harry Maguire and the situation in terms of but trying Rashford to set... Rashford walks in at any team in world football. The likes of Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay and Fred should be sellable, should be players who can go play for a mid-slash-low-placed mid English Premier League side. How much... Uh, there was an article went out about Harry Maguire, and we will incorporate Fred and Anthony Marshall and Scott McTominay into this discussion, but it was, it was in a lot... The article was around Harry Maguire and his desire to go play elsewhere. Not his desire, but sort of weighing up his options for other clubs. And a huge chunk of which... I did look at the actual clubs in terms of whether we're a top four now or a big six or a big seven, whatever you want to sort of categorise those big clubs as... It is interesting because you're not going to those big clubs. He's not going. Actually, you could potentially throw Tottenham in, but let's say you throw Tottenham out of the discussion, and you look at the big clubs in Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, City, United, etc. Harry not if he wants to leave, he's not getting Champions League football. No, he's not. So, so I'm just thinking that then throws a. That's where the business hat comes on. And you start to look at wages and everything. Does look a hell of a lot different when you're playing for a non-Champions League club than you are for one of the big boys. Yeah, this isn't Harry Maguire's fault. If I'm Harry Maguire, I'm doing the same thing. And this is why we saw Phil Jones sticking around for so long. But this is why I don't get caught in the sentiment of football players. Like, you may or may not sit on this, but like, people looked at Phil Jones' exit from United, his final speech, his statement, and people were like, oh, I feel sorry for him. Don't feel sorry for him. I'm sorry for him in terms of the injuries. Absolutely. No player. You want him to play football. I feel I empathise on that level. But he's been at United all this time because he's getting paid a hell of a wage. He couldn't dare leave. And it comes down to money at the end of the day. He could have gone somewhere else. If you remember last season, Renyuk had an offer for him to go to Florentina. He turned that down because he wanted to get the pay packet at United sitting on his backside. But this goes back, and we're going to go back into those players in terms of how Manchester United can move forward in regards to those individuals, which we'll touch back on. But in regards to an answer to this, to Phil Jones' contract, to Harry Maguire's contract... 
Let, let, let's throw the next player in who we're not going to be happy with in three years' time. Mason Mount. Let's say who we want Mason Mount. You, do you want him? Yeah, I want him. Okay, I want him. If anyone li- listening here that they want Mason Mount as a footballer, that's going to take two hundred thousand pound a week. But now, is he worth that? Not. That's what it's going to cost. Okay, so do we want the player? Yes. Okay, you're going to have to pay what it costs. So in two years' time, when we're, when we're not happy with the results and we want to get rid of Mason Mount, we're saying he's only come for the money because he's on £200,000 a week. We're saying, who the hell put him on that contract? Well, what's the answer now uh, to, to sort of to deal with this problem in two years' time? Let me counter what you just said. So you said, for us to get Mason Mount, we have to pay him £200 a week. Chelsea are not willing to pay Mason Mount past his wage demands. That's why he's looking to leave anyway. So if you're Mason Mount, but if, crucially, if you're Manchester United... You know what Chelsea are willing to offer him. You know what his wage demands are. He's, it's up to him. Do you want to play for Chelsea or do you want to play for Manchester United? If you don't want to pay a bit more, that's fine. But, but if we walk away, we've had this discussion, if we walk away and, and say true, which I agree should be the right thing to do, well, we don't get the player. I think there's a, there's a 50-50 here. I think if his demands are 200k, Chelsea currently pay him 100 and Chelsea is saying no, then United can offer him 150, 170. There is a, always a compromise to yeah, be made. But I think the discussion is always going to be there. Let's say it's 150. We're going to be having a discussion with who put him on 150. I think it'll always be a. Well, if you're in that, if you're in that top echelon of football clubs, look, there are some players where there is an element of risk and an element of gamble. With all due respect, when United signed Harry Maguire, don't tell me you thought United was signing a top five centre back in world football. I won't believe you. You didn't think he was a top five centre back no, in no, world football. No, look, look, of course not. And so why was he getting offered a two hundred grand per week contract? No one else would have offered him that. That's my issue. If, if so, players like Ronaldo, Rashford, Mo Salah, goal scorers, players who score ridiculous amount of goals, pay what you got to pay. I understand that. And if it doesn't work out, that's the risk that comes with it. That happens. The likes of Harry Maguire, the likes of Scott McTominay, the likes of Anthony Martial. Who's going to pay Anthony Martial 250 bag a week? Yeah, I think Scott McTominay's probably our lowest earner. But besides, besides the youth players, I think he's still on one of the yeah. lowest contracts. But this is my issue. United have paid over the top unjustifiably. Liverpool broke their wage structure for Mo Salah because Mo Salah could have demanded the wage he got at Liverpool elsewhere. United pay wages to people who demand things that they couldn't get close to anywhere else. That's my frustration. Oh no, look, the frustration is shared. And, and look, okay, let's throw Scott McTominay into this in regards to that. And I want to touch on Saudi Arabia in a sector, sort of wrap up the pod and just sort of the, the influence they're having on the transfer market. But let's go through the individuals before we sort of start to wrap up. Scott McTominay, we're talking about Harry Maguire, around 30 million. Is he going to get that? Is he worth 40? Probably. No one's going to pay that. That's the discussion. Scott McTominay, it's weird. We, we put a poll up on our Twitter page there maybe a week or two ago in regards to who's our most sellable asset in regards to who's going to demand the highest transfer fee. And probably the high, most high, maybe maybe Harry Maguire's maybe more criticised than Scott McTominay, but both the two most criticised players within the current squad. A lot of people do criticise Scott McTominay, yet put the highest transfer fee on him. So you must have something about him in regards to that. So where do you value, now not Scott McTominay's place in the squad, should he say, should he go, in comparison to Fred, but a selling club, let's say a West Ham, a Newcastle, a... Aston Villa, etc. Uh, price tag for Scott McTominay. This is interesting. Honestly, I think forty million. Forty million for him, or compared to other players. Well, that's the package. If you look at what's going on around him, his age, his profile of player, I think anything between thirty and forty. Forty would be you did a great bit of business. If United managed to save him for thirty, I say that's fair. But 
anything between 30 and 40. He shouldn't go for less than 30. You, in terms of his age, he's probably... Look, look I, I completely agree, but I've just seen Zidane Iqbal walk for one. I can see, I can see United, Scott McTominay going for United 10. undervalued. There has to be something else out there. There has to be. Just given it's Ten Hag's former club, there has to be something else to that. If, if, there, if, if it doesn't come, I'm sure it will come out in time to come. If it comes out that he just went for one million just because, I'll be scratching my head. That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. You're better off keeping it. No, no, look, I agree. And look, I would tend to agree. Why would you sell him for less than his wage? His, his annual salary, I imagine, is more than a million. Yeah, well, well, actually, I, I guess he's on a very... I don't know. Let, let's get the calculators out. He'll be on a very, uh, I say, small wage. Uh, five, ten thousand pounds a week. You reckon? Is yeah. it that low? Is it that low for the youth player? I don't really yeah. know how no, it works you, you, You'd have to imagine. Like, it couldn't be more than that. All right. Let, let's assume it's ten thousand pounds per week. What's that per month? Forty thousand pounds per month times that by twelve. What's four times twelve? I can't count. I'm tired. We're using our phone to record, not the actual calculators. But no, no, it's a point in regards to. All right, it's half his wage. You yeah, sold him yeah, for half his wage. It's ridiculous. It is shocking. And look, I'm definitely not hiding from that fact, but it just goes back to. But you also pay for potential. United, you made the point last night. Let's go back. He's an international player. International player. The time that United have put into his development is worth something. The amount of coaching he's had, he would have gone into. um, What's the term when they go live with other families as part of. Digs. He would have gone into digs at times. United have put time into this player. Forget the reality of the situation, what United have done. The perception in terms of what are we telling the world about our academy play? Be our greatest prospect, not our greatest pros- prospect, but our current best prospect is only worth a million. Shouldn't we be putting some type of Carrington or Cliff tax on our, on our young players? Let me answer that question with a question that's relevant to your point. How much would Alejandro Ganacho sell for? If we were to sell him now, yeah, you'd have to say if I was Real Madrid trying to buy Ganacho now. You'd weirdly be... T- I wouldn't say 100 million, but you'd be touching close to 80, 90 million. You think so? Just in regards to the potential debate, if, if he was a young player at Real Madrid, we'd be buying him for 100. Is his potential that high, though? No, no, I don't think it is, but... I'd but, say around 60 to 70. If he was at Real Madrid and we wanted him, we would be paying 100 million for him. I wouldn't pay 100 million no, for no, no, that no, no, I'm not saying what you would, but what he would go for. If Manchester... If, he would go for City for 30 million pound, of course. Manchester United come knocking, would pay 100 for him. Maybe not a hunt, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because we're stupid. But you know what I mean in terms of that next world superstar potentially. That's what we would do. That's the thing. If you if he was playing for another club, I think United fans are hyping him a little bit. I dare say, and that's not a knock on him. I think he's a good player and I think he'll have a career at United. But if you look at what Ganacho is, you, if he was playing for another club, I wouldn't be paying ridiculous amount. All his highlights have been getting in behind. No, a lot of Ganacho are feeling and our emotion towards him is because he's a youth product yeah. we, we, we wouldn't blink twice if he was another club we would think you know, he's a little tricky winger he's got, got a bit of energy a burst of pace he's, he's better than Dan James he's not as good as Rashford yeah no, I think it's I think he's below Rashford in terms of his ability ability I would say so and look we've had this discussion in regards to ability is not everything that's going to make a player of course but it's an interesting shout well, Rashford had a work rate when he broke into the first team it's only in the last couple of years where he's decided it doesn't exist anymore why doesn't it exist anymore because he scores goals he's the big man well go back into my argument which I was hoping you are going to win sir the money the wage 
And, and that's not a criticise. Who am I to criticise? Uh, no, I, I don't know how I'd react. I, I but, tr- but suddenly you put someone on that contract, you give them that status, it changes. The, Conor McGregor, we were just having, watching yeah, earlier yeah. in regards to the money he's now won, how that changes someone's mentality. Rightly or wrongly. It's just, I think with Rashford, it was when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in, he said, you're my man, you're my striker. He benched Lukaku for him. After after Mourinho was bringing him in and out, competing with Martial, etc. I don't, I don't, I don't, not so much money, but status. Like, yeah, status. That, like that's that, a that's, better term. That, that Solskjaer made him feel important. And he rewarded that by saying, I'm not going to run in defence anymore. Yeah. No, look, it's definitely a point. But he's backed it up. Because to, to be fair to Rashford, at a, three out of the last four seasons, 20 plus goals. Yeah. No, you, look, and if you, you're doing you the business, you can excuse it. And I think... It, well, Ronaldo was given a pass at United the first time around, wasn't he, under Fergie, to not run. Darren Fletcher was in the team just so Ronaldo well, could chill. It goes nicely into my next point in regards to the last individual before we do wrap up. Fred. Okay, he's half of the McFred debate. We've talked about Scott McTominay, let's say 30, 40 million. Fred Fred's has, a good player. Fred has a year left on his contract. Fulham look interested. Fulham look like selling one of their midfielders to West Ham to replace Declan Rice. So it does seem a quite smooth transition, especially with the Fulham manager talking to Fred in the Old Trafford car park a few weeks ago. Maybe he was asking him what he was having for dinner that night. Potentially. Um, also, how much um, dinner would cost in regards to his wage. So, um, Fred to Fulham? Yes or no? In terms of your opinion, uh, should or shouldn't? or And also the likeliness of it. In terms of the way Ten Hag plays, I get the McTominay debate. And if you're someone who says, I prefer McTominay to Fred, that's fine. I think the way United play, I think Fred's more suitable. I think um, I think you can see Fred playing against the likes of Manchester City or Barcelona and having a good performance. Uh, and I think I think McTominay lacks the mobility to do what Fred does. Uh, so for that, re- I think for United, I think Fred's more valuable. I really do. Um, how much does he go for? What's realistic? I mean, he's thirty. There's a year left on his deal. He shouldn't go for less than 20 million. But United would sell him for 10 or less, which is outrageous. If someone offers for Fred 10 million, they should United tell him piss off. It should be, to me, he should be a, honestly, he should go for 25 million, Fred. In terms of his importance to the squad at the moment, he plays regularly. Yeah, not the first name on the team sheet, but he's right under that. Let's say McTominay or Fred. How many goals did Fred score last season, too, from midfield? He scored more than two. Or am I, am I Five or six? Potentially, who knows? Uh, you know me, I, I like to think I have a very good knowledge of Manchester United history and records and stats. Fred's got a good chunk of goals this season. If you talk to me about goals and appearances, I've no, the, only appear, the only goals I remember is 42 by Ronaldo in 07 08. Other than that, I don't have a clue how many games someone Rooney played. Rooney 34 in 9 10, Rooney 34 in 11 12. I'd say Larry's incorrect, but who knows? I have no idea. But in regards to my last question in around that was Fred and McTominay. Let's say. Let's say you value Fred at 25, but in regards to, okay, you need to offload one to bring in Mason Mount, you need to offload one to bring in your Harry Kane, etc. in terms of your wage structure. Also, you're talking up Scott McTominay. Who are you taking a sort of lesser fee for? Between Fred and McTominay. Considering the one you let, then Fred's potentially going to walk out for free. If you get rid of McTominay now for, say, 20 million, where he should go for 30, but then you've got to let Fred go for free next season. Who are you accepting a lesser fee for now? I'd take a lesser fee for Fred, just given the age profile and the one year left on the deal. McTominay's got more than a year left on his deal and he's younger and he's British. So for that reason, he satisfies the quota if you're another Premier League side. So there's a value that's added to that. So for that reason, you'd 
you'd have to say McTominay goes for more, but I still think in terms of the importance of the squad, I'd still say Fred. Now, this opens up a wider discussion. Maybe we'll sort of sit down and have a proper chat about this sort of with stats in front of us and sort of get everything there. As Larry just held a nice gust of wind as the door has opened. But um, as I said, a wider discussion we'll sort of sit down and sort of do in a little bit more detail. But just sort of to wrap up, just sort of just put your, your sort of two cents into this debate. The influence, what we're talking about selling players and how can we sell players sort of to sort of get around FFP and sort of bump up the kitty for our incoming transfers. The big player in this is Saudi Arabia in terms of what they're doing. Now we can get into the debate about sports washing or this and that. But uh, I don't think this is initial sports washing. I think this is initial around FFP and sort of the logistics and sort of the bending the rules of sort of getting around it. What Todd Bowie has done with one of his um, companies in Saudi Arabia, um, the influence of PIF in Newcastle, and they've got a minority stake in one of the Chelsea companies. It's It's a whole mess. And the mess is just resulting in clubs Larry's bringing up some names in terms of you just go through the names there Ruben Neves and no, no, Ruben Neves is its own individual discussion in regards to his player in his prime we can understand Lionel Messi going to America or Ronaldo going to Saudi Arabia but Ruben Neves being bought in his prime it's crazy in terms of Wolves we're looking at the money Chelsea have recouped in terms of we all criticise them and rightly so in regards to the money they spent a few year, or a year ago well, they had to get rid of all these players. Now they're getting rid of all these players. They've all gone to the same bloody club for a hundred something million, where they should be going for ten million. Is this not money laundering? What, what, that's what it's, it's criminality sort of playing out in front of our eyes. But you look at the names there. You look at Kulabali, Mendy, the goalkeeper, obviously from Chelsea. He looks out. Ziyech, Kante as well. Now Kante looks at the end of his career potentially, but still, it's sort of valuable asset sort of thing. You look in Spain. They obviously got Karim Benzema, etc. As well. So just in regards to, I think I would move this discussion away from the sports washing debate in regards to just looking at in and around the football business side of things, it looks like there's criminal activity happening in front of our eyes. And I'm just thinking, again, I don't have the, the facts and figures in front of me. That'll be up to Todd Bowie in Saudi Arabia to sort of provide those documents. But um, where there's smoke, there's fire. And this does smell a little bit fishy. Where there's smoke, there's fire, but it smells fishy? Something. I don't know. You're cooking fish or something? When there's smoke, there's fire, so you smell smoke? It smells fishy and I see smoke. So someone's throwing a fish into the fire. Is that an expression? No, I just... No, but that sounds, that, that, that sounds like it should be an expression. Fish into the... What, what's throwing something into the fire? Fish oh, the, um... Something into the fry pan? Yeah, something... Well, we're close. It might be fish into the fire. What, what is it? Something like that. <laughs> I know yeah. what you're talking about. But then. just when you said it, that's something. Yeah. Let us know in the comments what that saying is. But something about throwing something into the fire. You yeah. know what I mean. I do know what you mean. This is going to bother me now. I really want to know what that saying is. Um, something out of the fry pan into the fire. Yeah. Fish out of the fry pan and into the fire? No, nah, that's is too that long. Fire? It's short and snappier than that. I don't know. Oh, like a snapper fish. Yeah, snapper fish. Snapper. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I forgot the question. The question was, as I'm thinking, in regards to... <laughs> I have no idea what the question was. <laughs> it was something to do with Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi Arabians, do they eat fish, yes or no? <laughs> I have no idea. No, but, okay. We'll talk uh, about the whole money laundry. Uh, uh, yeah. go, go away from the sports the washing debate. This yeah. looks like... It's, it's crime. It's crime. The, the concern I have with this, though, is... Is there any... Is there any regulation that's built into financial fair play currently that would... Or, or UEFA's rules or FIFA's rules that would even say that they're doing anything illegal? No, no but that's what, that's what it looks like. It looks like it's not illegal... 
it looks like though, in terms of the evidence we have in previous seasons, it looks like in five or six years' time, it will be illegal. They'll learn from this and think, hang on, they can't do this. So, yeah. so they'll put laws in place to make this illegal. But at the time now, it's not. So at the time you can say, kick on, carry on, do what you're doing, it's not illegal. In five years' time, we'll look back at this time and think they shouldn't have been doing this, let's charge them. But it's not illegal at the time. Look, it is illegal. Um, it is money laundering just with, without the frameworks to really punish it. But um, Mendy, again, at his age, going to Saudi Arabia, a very strange move. And Golo Conte, I understand. Um, who's the other one? Koulibaly, I understand. What a bad transfer that's been. Koulibaly. Well, clamoring for him to come to Old Trafford two or three years ago. I think two or three years ago it would have been a good signing, but I think he was just over the hill. Is he just not one of those players from the Serie A who just doesn't work in, in England? Well, he's, he's well into his 30s, I, I think. And, and that's like, you know me, I'm, I'm, I hate this debate when people say, oh, you're 30, you're over the hill. It's lazy. Maybe I say that because I'm 29. But truthfully, I think it's... Uh, when, when you're asking a player to adjust to the speed of the game, then... What sort of game? Then We've got some, got some fans tuning in. You got anything to say about, about football, Saudi Arabian football? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit? Who's your, who's your favourite player? Too many. Too many? I thought he was going to say Chua Manny from Real Madrid. Chua Manny from Real Madrid. I have too many players. Oh, too many. Yeah, when I'm choosing, I can't find one. That's fair. Football is different, like soccer. Football. Football, he's got it. He's got the difference between football and soccer, rugby league. I understand. <laughs> Enjoy your night, mate. Enjoy your night. Yeah, someone who has enjoyed a few beverages today. Um, too many, too many signings. Saudi Arabia. I've no idea where we were, but um, definitely conti- too many signings. Well, you were one in too many at United the other day, but um, would still t- wouldn't you take too many at United? I only see Real Madrid three or four times a season, to be honest. So, so I don't know I, how yeah, he has performed. I, I saw him at Monaco, and that's the player I liked. Yeah, but is he the player, Mason Greenwood? Is he the player that he was? Who, who knows? Yeah, I think players who play well in the French league actually come to the Premier League and do pretty well. So what we're talking about, Koulibaly, um, Mendy. Well, just all the Chelsea players that have gone to Saudi Arabia. Um, look, it, to me, it seems like this has been well thought out by Chelsea. And fair play. If the rules aren't there to stop them, then they haven't done anything wrong. Much like the Glazers didn't take over United illegally, but now, conveniently, yeah. the Glazers have voted yeah, for a, their type of takeover. It, it's a similar feeling. That's where I think yeah. I, I'm not going to say this is illegal because if they're doing it and, and they're, doing, the they're, they're doing it so publicly, I'd say it's not illegal, but I guarantee it will be in five years. Yeah, you're probably right. You are probably right. But that's the frustrating bit. Chelsea aren't being reprimanded um, for these... Yeah. For their actions, even though it, it, it's very clear some of these things are... Like, I like Gary Neville. Sometimes Gary Neville says very neville things. Um, like, he comes out the other day and he says, oh, Saudi Arabia need to be investigated right now. Like, what, what are they being investigated for exactly? If they haven't broken any rules, they can't be investigated, mate. I, I think when someone says that in terms of... He's very extreme, Gary Neville, isn't he? Like, he gets it... There's sometime, every now and then, there's something that comes out and he just really, like, latches onto it. I don't it. even think it's that... Look, look, I agree, but I don't think it's so much someone saying Saudi Arabia need to be investigated. It's something against Saudi Arabia. I think when, just talking, when someone says Saudi Arabia at the moment, it's the issue around these transfers. It's not so much Saudi Arabia... No, no, I agree. I agree with you. And I don't think Gary Neville's targeting Saudi Arabia, per se. But it's more my criticism of pundits um, or w- well-known people who are well-known in football 
Um, to come out and say things like, oh, Saudi Arabia or Chelsea need to be investigated immediately, there should be a transfer embargo until it's investigated. You can't say things like that if the rules don't exist to stop what they're doing. But here we, which I agree, but here we are talking about it. No, we're talking about it being an ethical issue and we're saying that there needs to be rules and regulations around this issue because Chelsea have just played a masterstroke to get around financial fair play. All of us sat here, we're a whole bunch of geniuses. Tol Bolly doesn't know what he's doing. He's playing FIFA, buying all these players, spending $500 million on transfers. He, maybe he had this plan all along. He had his buddies in his pocket. Don't worry, mate, we'll, we'll give them too good to refuse offers to come to play in the Middle East. And it's panning out that way. Well, the, the name had nothing to do with Todd Bowie, and but in terms of potentially, sort of, are you going to say? I was going to say, the Ruben Neves links to Newcastle really pissed me off. Yeah, well, that's a, that's what, part of the other discussion. I, I was going to throw potentially Bernardo Silva into that debate. Bernardo Silva is potentially now it does look like PSG are potentially in the discussion, but you could see a situation where Bernardo Silva does end up in Saudi Arabia. But that Ruben Neves now it hasn't come from a very reliable source. But I think we can see a situation where that sort of does arise, where a player, let's say Manchester United, Manchester United sell a player to, or sorry, someone from PSG gets sold to Qatar for 100 million pounds and get loaned back to Manchester United. Let's say that's Mbappe. He goes to a Qatar club and comes back to Manchester United. It's a very similar situation. Now, there's no sort of real sort of concrete evidence this is going to happen with Ruben Neves. But just in regards to, he's a very different transfer to a Benzema, to a Kante, to a Ronaldo, to a Messi, to America sort of thing. He's in his prime and someone a lot of the big clubs are after. So while there's no concrete evidence this is going to happen, I think it's all one of our fears that this is what's going to happen. As I said, at the moment, it's not illegal. But I can guarantee you, it will be illegal. I'm just thinking that is where our frustration, that's where our I hope it does happen because it will force the power brokers to make a decision quicker. Because... This is how the world works. Politics, football, football power brokers, whatever hierarchy there is. Rarely, rarely do they make a decision until something becomes a problem, unfortunately. And it's going to take a Ruben Neves going to Newcastle after running his way through to Saudi Arabia for, for someone to actually pull their finger out and be like, you know what, there's something wrong here. We need to put some rules in place. Look, it's definitely... And look, well, as I said, we're going to sit down this a little bit later. This all stems back, Tom. Everything we're discussing. Transfers being blown out, players being overvalued, undervalued, the, the lack of control with transfers. It all comes back to that grateful day in 2008 when Abu Dhabi were allowed to buy a football club. And here we are saying, come and save us Qatar. Like that, 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 well, that, that, the ship has sailed. Yeah, you, the ship has sailed, but that, that is my fear. And this fear is not a moral thing. It's not a sports washing thing. It's just a, almost, a, almost a, a banter thing where we're going to become... And it's, it's the price we're going to have to pay. It's what we want. It's what we're going to need. I understand that. But everything we've hated, everything we've criticised, everything we've bemoaned, we need now. And I, I don't, want to, be, I, I don't want to become that. down the line. That, that, that's the problem. United, uh, like, it's a... How, how would I... <clears throat> how would I get a, give a like-for-like like comparison? It's like someone saying in 2023, I don't need an iPhone to be... I don't need an iPhone to live my life. You're fucking dreaming. But, but this is the issue. It's gone too far. Once you start letting countries... If Australia bought a football club, Australia's got more money than any business owner does. Australia could, will use my taxpayer dollars to sign Mbappe. I mean, that's fine. I'll probably be okay with my tax, pays, tax dollars. I saw an interesting article. I didn't click on the article, but I saw the headline in regards to a few years ago. And I don't want to get a, into a geopolitical debate here. But in regards I'm to... I'm always up for a geopolitical debate. But in regards to Saudi Arabia 
a couple of years ago looking at uh, the word wasn't invading but potentially conflict with Qatar and you just see that that is a huge issue when, when you start having countries owning clubs in regards to what if conflict does occur in that part of the world what does a product like a Manchester United attached to Qatar look like if Qatar suddenly not, fingers crossed this isn't to be the case but found themselves at war or, or found themselves in direct we're not going to uh, yeah Qatar might decide because Qatar own their own TV streams we're not going to show Manchester United games yeah. to a country we'll, we'll see that potentially kind of on a smaller scale with China and Meza Ozil and Arsenal yeah. a few years ago Did they stop showing Arsenal games yeah. wow and who, who was first out the door at Arsenal and you know what the saddest part is? Without getting into geopolitics, he did nothing wrong. Yeah, well, who's the very similar debate now? Exactly the same, just a different country. Zinchenko on Piers Morgan. Very, very similar debate in regards to he had with Piers Morgan. That's a celebrated debate, which I agree with. But then Meza Ozil was heavily criticised and ultimately punished for having the same debate, just in a different region of the world in regards to the treatment of Muslims in China. So... um. That is a debate for another day, but I have enjoyed this debate, in, not debate, but just discussion in and around the issues and um, Manchester and I do have with selling players. And as we stand here, Manchester and I haven't sold any players. We'll let one or two players go for free, but no sort of big money transfers out. Maybe that has changed by the time you're listening to this, but as um, a betting man, I would say that's not the case. I'd say there's been no incomings and no outgoings, but um, Larry, it's been a pleasure in this um, breezy Manchesterish Sydney. Get me to my bed, mate. It is nice and cold, but um, it has been enjoyable nonetheless. So if you did enjoy that, please do leave whatever your podcast app does allow, whether it be like, review, rating, etc., or just feel free to share it around. It would be very much appreciated. And um, we'll be back in the next one. Until then, have a good one. Cheers. Rooney! Oh, wonderful! What a goal!